Welcome to Mastering Rod Building, the only podcast dedicated completely to custom rod building. My name is Bill Faulkner. I'm your host. Uh, delighted to have you joining us today. This is uh, the inaugural episode, and I am very pleased to have with me today the person who got me into rod building 28 years ago and taught me everything I know, basically, my special guest, Bob McCamey. By way of introduction, Bob has, gosh, Bob, 48 years in, in custom rod building in the component supply industry. He's a former owner of Custom Tackle Supply in what many people would call Shelbyville, Tennessee, but we all know is Shebel. And Bob's been with Mudhole uh, since 2009, Mudhole Custom Tackle, as VP of Customer Relations and Sales, and has been a part of growing that business tremendously. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later in the podcast, but one of the most important roles I think Mudhole has played in the rod building community is uh, how many new builders they brought to the craft and how easy they and others have made it to get into rod building. So I'm delighted to have Bob with me, uh, but he's also kind of a big deal besides being a personal friend. He's done a lot of work over the past developing products, developing blanks, um, and he is a founding member of the Custom Rod Builders Guild uh, and was actually inducted, I think the first one inducted into the Custom Rod Building Guild Hall of Fame as a legacy legend in uh, 2022. So Bob, I know you'd never say all that stuff about yourself, but thanks for uh, bearing with me while I do. Welcome to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. Hello, everyone, and it's a pleasure to be here. Really appreciate Bill uh, bringing me on board for this podcast. It's been my livelihood, and uh, you know, they say if uh, you treat everything in life like the grand work schedule I've always had, you never work a day in your life. And well, there you uh, go, of course, man. yes, Corey, yes, I work, but you know, sometimes it don't seem like work because we're having so much fun at the same time. Hey, that means we're doing it right. Right. So uh, one of the things we're going to talk about on this podcast with every guest, uh, and I'll, I'll subject myself to it as the host is how did you get into rod building? Right. And so uh, I'll go first. And with the short version, Bob already knows this, so he, he's going to bear with me. But in 1995, I just graduated from college and was living in Nashville, Tennessee, and had been a fly tire and an avid fisherman for a long time and had made some lures and painted some plugs and done all that. And someone said, hey, you ought to build a rod. So uh, we didn't have a whole lot of options back then, Bob, where we could get stuff. But I had a, I had Cabela's catalogs at the time, and I bought a, a complete kit to build an eight-foot, two-piece, number four fly rod, G. Loomis IMX fly rod, and all the all the supplies from Cabela's and the Flex Coat, you know, building kit, which I still have, the first finishing motor, which I bought, which is a Flex Coat that still works. But very quickly, I realized I was going to need some help, and I didn't really know what I was doing, and the tip top seemed too loose and all this. And so uh, back then, we went to the Yellow Pages, and I started looking around trying to figure out, and lo and behold, I, I see this uh, operation one of the largest operations in the country uh, is in Shebel, Tennessee, only about uh, an hour and a half from me and very close to the Duck and Elk Rivers, which I used to fish all the time. And so one Saturday I stopped in there and had the great good fortune of meeting Bob McCamey as soon as I walked in the door and uh, a member of his team named Scott Abel and, and the rest is history. I've been building custom rods for 28 years and it was a, a very fortuitous meeting. And and, and I, like I said, Bob, Bob basically taught me everything I know or introduced me to everybody who taught me the rest of it. So uh, it's fun for me as we're as we're talking about how to build a fishing rod and how you can get into this to, to get to feature you as a guest because you're who got me into it. So tell us, though, I don't know that everybody knows the story. Tell us a little bit about how you got into it, if you don't mind. Well, I was actually still in high school, 15 years old, and uh, I was in a marketing program in high school. And yeah. uh, Mr. Mr. Lloyd Simmons was 
uh, actually starting a new business or in, or in had in mind of starting a new business. Uh, he, he'd reti- he had sold an LP gas business and somewhat semi-retired and retirement was just really wasn't for Mr. Simmons. And, uh, so he had the notion that, you know, he wanted to start something kind of, kind of get back going and he'd like to be in the fishing industry. So at the time they had a house, uh, in Orlando, Florida and upon his retirement, they were coming down to Orlando quite regularly. And, he went by a place called Tim's Tackle Box. That was kind of a destination in Orlando at the time. And Mr. Tim built custom fishing rods. So Mr. Lloyd Simmons, that kind of sparked his interest. And uh, one thing led to another. They got to talking. Mr. Tim Stallings told him, said, you know, there's not a lot of people that are supplying these guys with component parts and all the equipment and things it takes to build fit custom fishing rods. Yeah. So uh, that kind of got the wheels turning in Mr. Simmons' head and uh, he bought a few custom rods from Tim. He, he was on his travels on his way back the next day or so to Tennessee. And, uh, he called me up and he said, uh, I want you to come by the house. I want to, I want to show you a few things. And, uh, lo and behold, I go out to suburban, I come back and open this box and there's four or five of the most beautiful rod fishing rods I'd ever seen in my life. And I said, how in the world, how'd all this come about? And Mr. Simmons went about telling me that, uh, Tim bought all his rod blanks, his guides, his handles, all the right. products and things, and, and turn these things into a work of art. Yeah. And Mr. Simmons uh, looked up at me and he said, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking about starting a business since there's not anybody really in the Southeast that's doing this. And right. he said, I, I want to come out of retirement and start a business. And he said, you know, you're in this marketing program at high school. And he said, I think it'd be a grand thing if you come on board and started in the business with me. And I'm thinking, you know, Mr. Simmons, I don't know anything about this, but I guess we can all learn. Right. And one thing that led to another. And then all of a sudden, uh, he started contacting manufacturers, went to ICAST show, which then was called a different name, the AFMA back in the day. Right. One thing led to another, started uh, carrying rod blanks from Lama Glass, Fenwick, Featherweight, Rawhide, all the component parts, all the finishes and things of that nature. Mr. Simmons had a, a building attached to his home that we actually worked out to the time and that would be added on several times as we grew right but uh there i was about 15 years old still kind of riding a motorcycle didn't even have my driver's license and uh, <laughs> mr simmons and i we uh <laughs> we made it happen somehow some way he advertised in field and streams and outdoor life and all those type magazines back in the day that was the means you know to kind of get the word out and the next thing you know uh, in a few years, we're we're doing several hundred thousand dollars worth of business back in the mid seventies in rod building components from a scratch business. Right. So I worked with him all through high school. Went off to college a couple of years, two year school. Came back and went to work with him full time. Worked with him part time, but then came back and worked full time. And uh, along about nineteen eighty four, he approached me one day. He said, "You know, this business is kind of growing, and it's." Uh, Really something he said, I think it's getting a little more than I want to handle. And he said, I think I, I kind of want to ease back and go into retirement again. He said, uh, what would you think about me selling you this business? And I said, Mr. Simmons, I don't know. You know, I don't have the type of money it'd be to buy this business because, I mean, we'd grown it every year. We're doubling sales and got up, right. you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars in sales. And he said, I think you're more than capable. He said, you know, it's time you took this business and run with it, grow it. And, uh, he said, you need to go talk to your folks. He said, uh, they're willing to help you out, get a little money for the down payment. And he said, I'm going to finance you the rest. And lo and behold, we took her over in 84, stayed at Mr. Simmons' place for a couple of years, paying him rent. And then uh, 
Along about 86, I moved, or 1986, moved out uh, 41A Highway and built my shop there on 12 acres of property uh, along the Duck River. And uh, I know it well. The rest uh, is history. Uh, you know, it couldn't have worked out any better. Let's put it that way. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Well, that, what a great story. And it's, uh, it, it's so interesting. I guess it's a reminder. We were all beginners at one point. I did have one question about your story, though. You mentioned being in high school. Did you sit in front of or behind Jesus? I mean, I'm uh, saying it was a long time ago when you were in high school. <laughs> I'm not saying you know, Bob's old, but well, in his history you know, class, they just talked about what they was doing. I do kind of consider myself the dinosaur in this business since I've been <laughs> at it so long. You know, I'm 64, 64 years old and been at it since I was 15. And uh, Attaboy. it's been it's been quite a ride. A lot of good people yeah, in this business. Well, you have you have impacted a lot of other people's rides in a very person personal and positive way. I know I speak for myself in that. And and if you ever go down, you find yourself in Orlando area, go to Oviedo, Oviedo, and go see Bob. And it, it, as you walk in the shop, and it's an unbelievable showroom floor, and they've got an actual stern of a sport fishing boat just to starboard as you walk in the door. And uh, there'll be a smiling, friendly person sitting there telling you everything you need to know about rod building. That's Bob McCamey. So you ought to go see. Him. But all right, so I, I appreciate uh, you know rolling around in the history a little bit, but I know I know some people are are very interested in the the details of how we go about building the rods. So Bob, I've heard you have the conversation with lots of people, including me. The reality is, I think a lot of times people look at fishing rods and they say, "Oh, this is so complicated, and these factories are making them, and, and it must be a really elaborate process." But the reality is, it's it's actually pretty simple, right? I mean. Why don't you walk us through just like the basic overview? So, uh, you know, somebody is watching this podcast because they went on Google and they said how to build a fishing rod. They found this and they're listening. So walk them through at a high level, you know, the process of building a fishing rod, if you don't mind. Well, before we go just a little bit further, I guess I didn't quite. You enlightened somewhat the people that I am with Mudhole now. And, and, I, and I did come on board with these guys in 2009. Yeah. And uh, made my life a lot easier. That, that was one <laughs> of the number one goals that uh, – it expanded my horizon so much because Mudhole has been a front runner as far as getting so many people involved in rod building. Absolutely. Uh, coming coming on board, you know, stronger presence in the internet, social media, those things. And, and I have to really attribute a lot of people in recent years getting into rod building because the amount of exposure advertising that Mudhole has put forth. Well, and just how easy it's become to to get access to to materials and information. Like as a builder and a, a customer of Mudholes and many other places, but there's no doubt in my mind, Mudhole has brought more new builders to the craft in the last ten years, twenty years than probably all the rest of us combined. I mean, if we're honest, right? And so that's that's tremendous. And, and I know you have a full team that's there, and and it's a bunch of people in, in digital marketing and in print marketing and in sales and in technical support and in all that. But I also attribute a lot of that to you. Certainly you've had a strong firm hand in, in guiding the enterprise and, and growing it over time. So to me, that's just super exciting to get to share what we're passionate about. Like you mentioned, you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. And so it's fun to to see you uh, get to bring people into the craft at a much broader scale than you used to on 41A and Shevel, right? Yes, sir. You know, it's something that, and still to this day, every time we get somebody started in rod building and I see them smile, it puts even a bigger smile on my face. Oh, yeah. It, it'd be but, fascinating to know how many people you personally have started down the path because that's a big number and that's a good thing. Yes, sir.
So I don't want to oversimplify the process, but one of the things that when I talk to new people or, or start to explain the process of building a rod to people, a lot of people are, are surprised how simple it actually is, right? I mean, it takes some patience and it takes some tools and equipment and there's definitely some skill involved, but, uh, you know, the basic process is pretty simple and just about anybody who wants to do it could do it. Uh, could, why don't you walk us through at a high level kind of the, the basic process you go through to assemble your own custom rod? Well, one of the first things we have to do is make up our mind, you know, what type of fishing that we're going to do or build the rod for. Right. And select a rod blank. And one of the first things I suggest to people is after you figure out what application you want to use the rod for is determine the length of the rod. Sure. Uh, Whether you want, you know, your stream fishing, you want a five and a half footer. We're fishing open water. We want a seven footer. I mean, that's going to be kind of determined by the angler. The other thing is after we select the rod blank, you know, when we get it in, there, there's the there's the ratings of the rod blank. Every rod blank that we have, uh, it has the specifications with it that uh, tells the weight of the lure that the, the rod will be able to cast. Also, the pound, the suggested pound line that should be used on the rod. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, we, we, we order the rod blank. And if you ever need rod blank, there's always support staff for things of that nature, whether you can email or call in or whatever. We have a great support customer service support staff for things of that nature. Yep. And one of the first things we do when we get the rod blank in, every rod blank has a backbone that we call a spine, just like a spine in your body. And when you take the rod blank and you put it in flex mode, that rod blank is going to rotate and lock into position to where it wants to be. And that's actually the backbone of the spine of that rod. I actually refer to it as a locking position. Mm-hmm. And that's what it actually does. The The dynamics of the rod blank, when it's flexed, it rolls in that position and that's where it locks at. Right. So then when we determine, we mark where the spine is on the rod blank, we're going to orient the handle as far as the real seat, uh, whether it's a spinning or casting rod. Generally, the spine's always up on the rod. Some people will kind of roll the spine to the bottom, but we do want the spine either to be zero or 180 always. Yep. Uh, most people prefer it to be up, and then you put your casting guides would be on the top of the rod, spinning would be on the bottom. And after we've located the spine, we come back. A lot of times, uh, some of the handles you may get lucky, and some of the some of the grips fit exactly to the taper or the diameter of the rod blank. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we have to take a reaming tool, which is a shaft with a abrasive grid on it, Mm-hmm. Uh, we ream the inside of the grip out to fit uh, the exact OD of the rod blank outside diameter and mix up two-part epoxy. Make sure we line the reel seat up hoods with where the spine's going to be. That's very important. You always want to double check that, maybe triple check it. Some people like to glue the tip top on after they install the handle. I like to glue mine on after I install the guides because I sight down every guide and then I line the tip at the very end. Uh, like I say, that's per- personal preference. And a lot of things about rod buildings, per- personal preferences is the procedures we go about. Right. Uh, we then come back, we take our wrapping thread, choice of colors, endless, yeah. uh, wrap the guide zone. And then uh, like I say, that's when I install the tip top because I like to sight down the guides and get that perfect alignment on the end. Then there's the, uh, you know, the cosmetics that come along with it. If guys want to put decals inscription, as far as names or mm-hmm think dates or, or whatever. And then a lot of rod companies, uh, as we do with our MHX rod blanks or CRB rod blanks, we supply a separate decal, which it's optional. Some people like to put the decal on the rod blank, which is generally the specifications of the rod blank, the, the brand name, you know, some, some guys though, some custom builders 
they like to handwrite on the rod and they think it's right. more of a custom approach right and for guys that have good handwriting and uh, <laughs> and can use the proper pen and ink it is pretty good when you can see someone that writing on writing on a round rod blank is not the easiest thing no in the world. it's not some yeah, some so guys can master that that's right both both of the people who write neat enough to do that do that <laughs> exactly yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty simple process. Just, you know, and, and Bob mentioned it and we're going to talk a little bit more about it, but that's really it. You, you got to figure out the blank. You figure out the handle and grips or whatever you want. Get your guides, wrap them on there, put your tipped up on, wrap that. But that's really it. And so there's tons of resources available to help people do that. And we're going to circle back to that in a minute. But I mean, a lot of people are probably wondering that you've obviously been thinking about building a rod or you wouldn't be watching this podcast, right? So, I mean, let's talk about some of the reasons why you would want to build your own rod. I mean, you mentioned the cosmetics, you mentioned some personal preference to link, like walk me through some of the other things. I know you and I are absolutely sold on the ability to to build what you want and, and, and know the value of custom rod building. But let's talk a little bit about why people should want to build their own rod. You know, a lot, there's a of, lot of reasons, will, right? Uh, uh, there's, there are so many reasons. You know, a lot of people will start out and maybe build a general purpose rod, but what we hope we, that everyone strives for in this building is building rods that fit a certain application of fishing and also the style of the way that that angler fishes, right. that technique or application. Right. Each and every one of us, as human beings, there's different heights. We have different arm lengths. We have different size hands, whether they be small, large. You can purchase handles as far as the OD that fits your hands better, whether you have small hands, large hands. A lot of times, you know, when manufacturers build rods, they're building as an average for yeah. every type of angler, let's say. As right. a custom rod builder, we can dial in. As I said before, the outside diameter of the grips to fit our hands. And number one is the span or the length of the butt grip to the reel seat. And for each and every rod, whether it be for the length of it or the way we fish that rod, you know, we, let's just take a seven-foot rod. Some people may want a nine-inch handle on it. Some guys kayak fishing, they like like to have a different uh, length handle on theirs. And then you got, you got the guys that uh, as far as – like flipping sticks, you 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 would want a longer handle because a lot of times we're running that handle almost all the way down to our elbow, and we use that as leverage to set the hook. So right. getting that reel seat set per that individual and the way they're going to fish that rod or the technique or application, let's say, that's very important because yeah. you can determine that as an individual, whereas if you go out and you buy a rod that's already built, you got what you got. Yeah. And, and if you don't like that length, Sooner or later, you're not going to enjoy fishing that rod. So having that reel seat set at the proper position the way you fish, that's a big key. I think one of the biggest keys as far as building custom rods. Yeah. You know, I'm looking over your shoulder at this huge selection of thread colors. You know, this is an, you mentioned that the thread colors are endless, and literally they are endless these days. It hasn't always been that way, but it is now, right? So, you know, another big one to me is just the – the ability to customize, right? So your favorite team, your favorite colors match your boat. I think a lot of us as builders have built a pile of birthday presents, Christmas presents, Father's Day gifts, you know, and, and being able to sort of pick and customize to that angler's taste or to your taste, uh, just from a cosmetic standpoint is huge, right? You know, colors of thread, people's names on the rod. Oh, yeah. Uh, co college college sports logos. Yep. Yes, those, those are are huge in the custom rod building business. Yeah. Uh, of course, there there is the decorative thread work side of the business, sure. but uh, you know, just about everyone I know, uh, they're they're pretty proud 
to have their name on a fishing rod. Oh, you know, absolutely. That, that, that's a big rewarding side of building your own rod. Not to say that here again, tailoring the rod to your specific application of fishing is, is not a big thing, but guys really light up and shine when they see their name. Oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's a big sense of accomplishment. You've, you've signed your name or inscription of your name somehow, in other words, be a decal. Absolutely. And uh, everybody likes to see that. Yeah. You know, one of the other questions that, that we get a lot, I know, is the cost. Can I save money building my own rods? I'm interested in your opinion. I sort of like to answer this question yes and no, right? So absolutely, you can build a similar rod at as good or better quality than you can buy from any factory because you're your own quality control. If you're willing to take your time and get it right, use high quality components and good sound process in assembling the rod, on your first try, you can build a, as good or better a rod than you can buy from a factory. Are you going to save money? On the first rod, probably not, right? Because you know, you've got to invest a little bit in equipment and supplies, but like we're talking about thread, once you buy a spool of thread, that's enough to wrap several rods, right? So you can kind of I guess if we use the accounting term, amortize the cost of your equipment and your supplies and everything over rods. But but I think people sometimes don't believe me when I tell them you can build uh, once you've made that initial investment in equipment, you can build a rod much more cheaply, a comparable or better rod much more cheaply than you can buy it from a factory. Would you agree? Well, I like to refer to it as inexpensive instead of cheaply. Okay, I sorry. Think, I don't. As, I don't. As, I don't think more we're inexpensively. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> well, there is a lot of truth, like you say, to cost savings, and then you know there is a side, possibly no. I'll give you a, a, a grand example. Is uh, okay. let's just let's just say you can go out sage fly rods these days. They cost you about seven, eight, nine hundred. I mean, they may have rot, uh, factory rods, rods, brilliant over rods, over a thousand dollars. Excellent you know, stripping guides on those rods. Great uh, yes, rods. sir. Yes, sir. But uh, you know, when you buy one of the sage rod blanks for about 400 and you put some another hundred to the parts with it, you're a lot less, let's say $500 into, into the parts, the blank, a lot less money than you would be if you went and bought that factory rod. So yeah. I think the cost savings comes probably more into the high end realm of mm -hmm. the rod blank and components yeah. than it does the entry level. Okay. Uh, I'm not taking away from anything entry level because entry level, even in our business is kind of put up on a pedestal per yeah. se. And boy has entry level changed in the, in the years I've been working with you and been a builder. I mean, that this, it's kind of like a, I liken it sometimes to custom rifles. You used to have to pay $10,000 to get a rifle that would guarantee you to shoot an inch at, you know, a minute of angle at a hundred yards. And now you can walk into Walmart and get one for $329. that will shoot all day long. The quality of the blanks and components and things at the entry level these days is as good or better than the best components were 20 years ago. And, and, and so it's just, it's kind of a, a golden age of rod building in that regard as the technology continues to improve and manufacturing gets better and we have access to better, you know, titanium materials and ceramics and all that. It's just, it's crazy how good what's, what's available today is. Well, you know, I've always said it, it just seems like we will, we'll go through a span where, where we don't have any development for a while. And, yeah. and component parts or rod blanks, and then all right. of a sudden something busts loose again, and yeah. uh, it, it'll be an advancement that we thought we'd never have. And right. here again, me being in the business so long, or the 48 years, I, I have just seen, I would hate to even say how many advancements, but it is huge 
from when I first started because oh, we yeah. were very limited back in those days. And yeah. and the custom rod building business, like I say, it's grown so much, advanced so much. And especially, I w- I'm going to say in the last 15, 20 years, we've had advancements. In the last 10, 5, 10 years, we've really had some huge advancements. Yeah, I agree. So we we now understand we it's not that complicated a process to build this rod. We've got all kinds of opportunities to customize it, tweak it, and optimize it for any particular angle or application, make it personal, colors, and all these kind of things. Let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about, about the equipment. So so I say, okay, you sold me. I want to try this. This sounds like fun. Let's go through the basic list and 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 just for everybody who's out there listening, we're gonna we're gonna put together a list of equipment and and we'll sort of post it uh, everywhere we post this podcast and we'll have links to all the information that we're gonna refer to. But let's just go through at a high level the equipment you're gonna need to build your own rod. Well, one of the easiest ways to get started as far as the equipment and supplies is mud hole and probably so many other vendors. Uh, we have starter kits yeah. just for that, just for the yeah. supplies and the equipment. And that kind of makes it a one click on the website or if you're calling in on the, you know, the telephone, it's, it's one item number for the guys. And uh, you get a hand wrapper, get a rod, the rod drying unit after you apply the two part clear finish over the thread that has to rotate for five to six hours so it won't run or sag and stays even around the rod. So that little rod drying unit, it, it's very important unless you want to sit there and rotate that rod by hand for five to six hours. Yeah. And, and the hand wrapper, it applies tension to the sides of the spools of the thread, which while you're wrapping the rod, that stays nice and neat and tucked into place and it, it doesn't unravel. You've got to have a certain amount of tension on that thread or it would backwind and unravel on you. Right. And, you know, we have the thread that you're going to wrap the guides with. Yep. We have the reaming tools in those kits. We have the epoxy it takes to install the handles. And then we have the two-part clear finish uh, that goes over the thread that, that provides the protection. So that even as careful as as we try to be with fishing rods, every now and then we might drop one, bang one, or whatever, and that thread's got to be protected. So the clear two part is very important over the threads. Absolutely. So yeah, you know, mud hole and, and others, as Bob mentioned, have done so much to demystify this. So we're going to put a list of the things that you need. But if you want to get a real simple jump start, just buying one of these entry level beginner kits is going to have everything you need to get started. Or you can go look at those kits, see what's included, and that's a pretty good shopping list of what you're going to need, right? I do think this is a you know a good time to talk about. Sometimes entry level folks or, or people just starting out have struggle with how much they should spend on equipment, what they should buy, and everything else. What I would tell you is, and I'm interested in your opinion, Bob. Until you've built a few, you're not even sure exactly what you're going to want, and what you're going to need, right? And you may be building them and it ends up just being a hobby and you never build more than one or two rods a year for yourself and your personal use. Or you could be like me and end up building custom rods and turn it into a side business, you know, and doing it for decades, right? We probably require different levels of equipment, but I do think it's easier than ever. You can literally, Bob mentioned one click. You can literally go in 15 minutes, purchase everything you need by people who've brought a lot of people to the sport, who teach classes, who know what you're going to need. And don't be paralyzed by what equipment you should get. There are very high-end rod wrapping lathes that include true lathe chucks and motors and uh, enable you to turn your own grips and wrap under power, do all these kinds of things. And do a lot of us who are professionals use those? Absolutely, all the time. But you don't have to have that to get started. I remember back in the day, and Bob, keep me honest on this. If someone walked into your shop 
uh, on the Duck River in Shedville and said, how hard is it to build a rod? Bob used to go get a cardboard box out of the back of the shop, cut two V-notches in it, put it on a table, grab a spool of thread and a guide, run the, put the, put a book, put a phone book or something in the, in the box, run the thread through the phone book and put the spool in like a, a coffee cup and then literally wrap that guide on the rod right out of the, uh, the yellow pages. This is a true story. Well, you know, so many people are intimidated by it building right. and, and and i figured right. out a long time ago if, if i could if i could come up with something that that would actually show them right face to face hands on right how simple it actually was because like yeah. i say a lot of people a lot of people are so intimidated by right. the process yeah. and, and they they just don't realize how easy it actually is of course it's very rewarding as well you know the main thing is, is i always tried to keep rod building simple for people right uh, there were companies in the past that tried to kind of make rod building, a, you know, the mystique or whatever, of building right. fishing rods. And I think a lot of times that sent a negative kind of approach out to people that right. they didn't think they could do it. So I always tried to build that confidence in, in someone and show them how easy it was and, and get them started. And like I say, the old cardboard box trick with the thread oh, yeah. running through, running through that the worked. book and it, it worked. I remember being in your shop one time and watching Scott Abel, who, uh, Maybe Scott will watch this, and if he does, hello, Scott. Hope you're doing well, man. It's been a long time. But uh, he used to use a fly tying bob, and he could repair. He could replace a guide. Y'all used to do rod repair in the shop all the time, too. And, man, he could whip one out, I mean, in a heartbeat. So it can be that simple. You, you can literally use a fly tying bob, and if you've already got it, wrap your guides on by hand. Don't let all the equipment and choices and everything intimidate you or complicate things for you. Just get started. It's simpler than you think. And then once you've done it a few times, you have a much better idea of equipment you might need uh, in the longer term. We've talked some, Bob, about the kind of starter equipment kits, right? But the other thing that uh, Mudhole has been such a leader in, and I know you guys sell a ton of, is rod kits right so now i've got my equipment i buy my rod building kit my starter kit i've got everything i need to start building rods i can also go through and select all my components individually and be as picky and you know specific as i want but i don't have to do that i can also just buy a kit to build a rod that includes everything i it includes a handle that fits includes a real seat that's appropriate guides and guide train like talk a little bit about that because that you talk about keeping it simple like that's another one click thing where you not only can get everything you need to build the rod, you can get all the supplies for specific types of rods that have already been designed and, and set up by expert builders. Talk a little bit about those, the choosing your components individually versus starting with a kit like that. Well, you know, kind of back to the fact that not only are people intimidated by the process of building a fishing rod, they're intimidated by, by choosing the components. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or the rod blank in the components. Right. And, and, and we'll back up to that starter kit, you know, with the supplies and things of that nature. Right. That was a one click. Then you can go and you can have a one click as far as uh, we pre-selected a rod blank, mm -hmm. a handle, a guide set, and a tip that's all going to coincide together. And, and the thing there is, is, you know, these things weren't done at random. Every, each and every one of us that, that are in the loop for those kind of products to be developed, we're fishermen. Uh, we have guys that are saltwater fishermen. I'm a bass fisherman in the bunch. We have fly fishermen, things of those nature. So each and every one of us, whatever really field that, uh, let's say, that we we have kind of been the chosen person to help put together certain kits. And, you know, the bass fishing side, uh, we, we try to start someone out with either a medium or a medium heavy rod blank, which is kind of a general purpose rod blank. 
and yeah. you know give them a give them a choice or so as far as if they want a cork handle or EVA handle or you know things of that nature. We do try to keep it still simple, but it's it's going to be a very effective build. It's not just going to be something that you're going to build just for the sake of building a fishing rod and you're not going to be able to use. We we right. try to make sure that we put together things that's it's going to be a general application type rod for some of those kits. So there you have the, as far as the equipment supplies kits, a one click, your other rod yep. kit with the rod blank handle and guides is another click. You click one more time, you paid for your order and you're going to be building a fishing rod in a few days because it's going to show up at your doorstep. It is literally that simple, which is pretty crazy. And and the thing that I'd tell you too is, and again, Bob would never say this, but I'll share it. You know, there's a, a very talented team of builders uh, and people, industry professionals at Mudhole and at most of these component supply houses, right? So like if you go buy a, a, a kit, that kit was put together by Bob McCamey with 50 years of experience in the business and Todd Vivian, who's a blank designer and, 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 right? Like, so uh, you can trust these kits. They're not, they, they in, a, in a way you're getting to stand on the shoulders of people who've been doing this for a long time, have a lot of knowledge and information and, and expertise, and you can jump right in at that point. You don't have to figure it out on your own. And boy, is that different than back when I got started? Huh? I, I mean, uh, back in the day you had to, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all these chat rooms. We didn't have YouTube and Instagram and all these places to post content. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that stuff too, but uh, it, it literally has never been easier. You can go online right now and learn every single step of the process from the simplest to the most elaborate methods to, to complete every part of it. And, and all you have to do is put in the work and the elbow grease and you can keep it dead simple or you can uh, spend the next 50 years of your life or, or, or nearly 30 years of your life like Bob and like me uh, getting all into it. But, you know, one of the things that I, I think I don't want to lose sight of in this process, Bob, is I vividly, vividly remember going, wading into the Caney Fork River in May of 1995, probably not as long after I put finish on this first rod I built and walking into my favorite access point at Lancaster and tying on an orange soft tackle and throwing my first cast with the first rod I built and catching a fish on the first cast. And literally like, it was like the skies parted and the angels sun. Like I got such a rush and a thrill out of catching a fish on the rod. So we should talk about that too, because we're talking about the process and everything it takes to build one. I mean, you you mentioned the smile on people's faces. You've seen that. It's, we should talk a little bit about how rewarding it is to, to catch fish on a rod you built or to build a rod for somebody and have them say, this is the best rod I've ever fished. This is perfect. This is exactly what I've been looking for my whole fishing career. Well, I kind of wished I could add to that, but yeah, I'll please. tell you what, you did a great job there. I mean, because <laughs> first time uh, for everything. It, it, it is so rewarding. And the thing is, the number of people that either come back in mud hole or came back to my place of business years ago, and they come in the door with a smile, they want to show you the rod, how proud oh, yeah. they are. And, oh, and yeah. then the next thing they've got is a picture to show you the oh, first yeah. fish they caught on that rod. Right. And, and man, it just lights their world up. It's, it's oh, yeah. it, it, like you say, there's, there's one of the best rewards in life is building a fishing rod and going and catching a fish on it. It, it it's, if it's you're a game if you're, changer. If you're uh, a fisherman, and, and the skills you learn are applicable to, for doing repairs if you're on a trip and you need to replace a tip top or wrap a guide on. I mean, there's just, if you're a serious fisherman or, or you just enjoy fishing, uh, it, it's a great skill set to have and you'll never regret being able to do it. So, well, you know, uh, you mentioned something there that yeah. uh, 
we really we really didn't hit on it that that I encourage people all the time, especially those who are a little skeptical about getting started, yep. is getting them to repair a guide on a fishing rod or or, or take an old handle off, right. put a new handle on, basically yep. refurbishing the rod and getting right. it back in action again. And yep. and that is great practice to get you ready for your first build of a custom rod. Absolutely. A- absolutely is. And you know, everybody, if you're fishing. Every now and then, you're going to need to probably replace a guide or something of that nature. So repairing fishing rods, it's, it's just darn good practice to get going. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about the rod building community. And this is interesting because it's it's sort of your community and my community, right? So like anything where you have a group of people with common or shared interests, there's a large and rapidly growing rod building community. Some of them are professionals in the industry. Some of them are rod building professionals. Some are absolutely casual hobbyists. But one of the things, and I was just down in Florida at an advanced rod building class that Mudhole taught, and we're going to move into talking about their classes and some of the ways you can get into this very quickly. And the number and type of people you meet that are so nice in this business, I mean, it's 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 got to be like one of the nicest group of of hobbyist folks out there, right? Well, I tell people all the time, I'm a very fortunate and blessed man. I got to grow up being started in the business at 15 years old. I got to grow up around some of the best rod builders in the world that were actually my mentors in in the business of of the supplying parts, as well as mentors that always wanted to carry performance fishing, custom fishing rods to another level. And I tell people all the time, it's for me, it's very rewarding to be able to say that so many of my customers have become some of my best friends. That, yep, that's, exactly. That's something I take pride in. Absolutely. Well, you should. And, and, you know, along those lines, I'd applaud you and Mudhole for there's no doubt in my mind that when it comes to removing the mystery uh, of rod building and creating educational content and bringing new people to the craft, there's no doubt in my mind Mudhole's brought more people to the craft in the last 10, 20 years than everybody else combined, right? And so I feel like I'd be a little remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about uh, your rod building classes, about your educational content that you have on multiple social media platforms. And then even if you don't mind, if we could talk about like the school program a little bit, there's just, and, and I'm hoping someone out there is listening to this podcast and is going to Something we're going to talk about is going to pique their interest and, and and make it even simpler for them to, to get into this craft. So talk a little bit about the education programs and the classes and all, all that you guys do. Well, that was one thing that when I came to Mudhole in 2009, we, we saw a need for rod building classes because really nobody was doing it on. Th- rod building classes were occurring, but we wanted to carry it to a national level. Right. So therefore... And, and it's on our website under the category learn. You can click. We have uh, remote learning through Zoom. And then we have hands-on classes. Yep. Uh, those those hands-on classes, we we do those at the facility here at Mudhole. We are in a newer building now. And Mr. Tom McNamara made sure, the owner of the company, that we had a place to hold those classes in-house. And also, Todd Vivian being the, the main guy that heads up that program, uh, he decides every year, kind of rotate cities throughout the United States. And those guys, there's a team of like five or six of them. They travel around the country on weekends, different cities, putting on rod building classes. So we cover 
our location here, the facility at, at Mudhole in Oviedo, Florida, which is just yeah. outside of Orlando. And those guys are gone somewhere just about every weekend or so in a city all across the United States, putting on rod building classes. Yep. And uh, I tell you, for sure, you'll see those guys always smile because they put a lot of smiles on people's faces. They, they are rewarded with that process of teaching people in the classes. And, and they're really into it. You got like among those instructors, I think there's 150 years of rod building experience. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And, yes, and yeah, just to, to elaborate on that, Bob mentioned it. We're going to post links in the description to, to view all these things. But, you know, this year I know there's classes in in Massachusetts and Houston and Dallas and, you know, Mobile, uh, certainly a lot in at the mothership there in Orlando, but so, you know, we'll post the links, but go online and, and it's such a unique opportunity because, you know, everybody learns a little bit differently and some of us do really well with the virtual content or, or figuring out on our own, but some people really need to see something demonstrated or, or once they watch somebody do it, they've really got it. And it's a great opportunity. You sign up for one of these classes included in your class participation fee is all the materials to build a rod. And you actually go in these in-person rod building uh, classes. You're going to go spend two days and leave with a finished rod that you built. And Bob mentioned these, you know, I, I'll forget somebody if I try to name all the instructors, but these are serious professional rod builders and their instructors and Mudhole has been doing this a while. I mean, it's just a tremendous way to not only uh, learn really sound fundamental principles of how to build rods, but to to have a fun weekend with a bunch of like-minded individuals and, and walk away with your very first rod. So that's a great way to do it. You also have literally, I don't even know, Bob, there's a learning center with Mudhole. You've got the YouTube channels. You've got a lot of social media platforms. You do live. Uh, although the hosts, one of those hosts is a little questionable to me on that live. That's a little shady. <laughs> For those of you who've never watched the Mudhole Live Rod Builders Workshop, a Bob's son, it's Chris Adams and Hunter McCamey, and they're both great guys and do a great job with that live sort of broadcast and uh, very knowledgeable rod builders and, and have a little fun and share a lot of information. But I, I'm just giving Bob a hard time about his son, Hunter. You have the virtual online content. People can go watch how-to instructional videos. You also have a lot of technique-specific things. You want to learn a, one of the more advanced techniques. You want to put snakeskin on a rod. You want to make your own carbon fiber grip. You guys have a lot of content on that kind of stuff as well. Chris Adams and my son, Hunter McCamey, they do a great job with that show. And and as Bill's stating, I'm trying to remember how many years they've been doing it now, but each and every show is a little different. I don't know of probably any technique, hardly, that they hadn't covered in their several years of doing these shows. You know how time gets by and sometimes you <laughs> yeah. forget how many years things have been going on, but no they really no. do a great job. It's a, it's a feed through Facebook and YouTube. They do them once a month always a, a, a particular topic that they pick out and uh, yeah. they go for probably an hour, hour and a half at each session and questions are welcomed. And uh, we get a lot of compliments on that particular live feed. Yep. Uh, along with the live feed, like you say, we have a, a huge presence as far as all the articles and videos and blogs and things on our YouTube channel. Right. And uh, that's been very successful. And, uh, in most recent year or two, uh, Jay Cutson, one of our newest employees, he's kind of took the bull by the horns, and uh, he has a, a big social media presence now on uh, Facebook, Twitter. The mullet man. And, and Instagram, the mullet man, Jay Cutson. <laughs> and, then, and then really something that's really, really, really dear to my heart. 
Uh, we have a program that, uh, whereas I think now we have 700 schools that are involved in a pro our educational program that uh, Mr. Anthony Yeomans heads up, and he has done a great job uh, implementing rod building into schools like maybe their 4-H groups, the FFA groups, shop groups, things of that nature. A lot of these teachers are always looking for programs to kind of right. implement into their programs at school. Some schools have funding, some don't. And like I say, I think Anthony has got that program up now to where we got, uh, there's over 700 schools and mainly made up of, of the younger generation coming on promoting rod building. Yeah, that is unbelievable. I mean, man, how the world has changed. If I, I can't imagine if there had been a rod building program at my high school, I wish I was so lucky. But yeah, so, you know, if you're watching this and you're in school, middle school, high school, you participate in Teacher Farmers of America or 4-H, one of those programs, uh, reach out to Mudhole and I'll post a link here in the description to how you can learn more about that program. But there's, like Bob said, I, and I didn't know this until we were prepping for this podcast, more than 700 schools are, have already participated in this program. So they'd love to and, add and growing and growing and growing to get more young people into it. So if, if you're watching this and you... You'd like to learn to build rods in your uh, in your science class or through your, uh, you know, FFA or 4-H program. Reach out. We'll put all the uh, contact information in the description. It's a great way to get into it. And I just I think that's awesome that you guys are doing that. And I uh, I applaud your efforts to grow the craft. And again, you know, that that's one of the things that's so interesting is um, when I first started going to your gatherings out at the Duck River, I was literally the only person who wasn't retired or semi-retired. Right. And in my 50s or 60s. And so it's changed so much. Uh, I, for the longest time, the only other person in their 20s I knew that was building rods was Billy Vavona. Right. Uh, and, and, and we're about the same age and he, he's still at it. But it's so exciting to me, Bob, to see all these young people. Right. And, and lately, all, all the all the female builders. Right. Uh, so many of the builders that I see that are just remarkably good for being within their first year or two of rod building are, are, are lady builders. Uh, and so, you know, this may have been kind of the, the domain of the old retired pocket t-shirt wearing white guys forever, but it's not anymore. It, there's all kinds of uh, rod builders out there. It's, it literally crosses borders, breaks down just about every social barrier. So, you know, very excited about, you know, all the new people that we're bringing into it and, and kind of seeing, I look at some of the people that I look up to have been so uh, instrumental in the growth of the craft, you know, and in education and developing techniques, Jim Trelikas comes to mind, Doc Ski comes to mind, Andy Deer comes to mind, you know, like, but it's going to be interesting to see which one of these kids is going to be the next JT or Doc Ski or, or Andy, right? Like uh, surely, and how many of them are going to wind up being lifelong professional builders are in the industry. It's just very exciting. Well, you mentioned the women and and I can assure you they're, they're coming on strong. They are. And, and women are very meticulous about how, how they approach things and yeah. the work that some of these women are doing nowadays. It's uh, a lot of these guys are going to have to start trying to catch up because they're, they're coming on strong. Right. That's right. And, yeah. and, and, and then again, that youth group and, and I have yeah. to do, I got to go back and applaud mud hole again because we're bringing people into this craft that if we if we would have kept on the path before mud hole came along i i don't know the shape that this craft would be in today yeah i, I don't believe we would be nowhere near where we are for sure yeah i agree i agree 
So, you know, like I said, we'll post the links, but just know that you can follow uh, Mudhole Custom Tackle Inc., Mudhole Live. Uh, there's Facebook groups for the Mudhole Rod Builders Workshop. And again, there's content tailored to everything from brand new beginner who's never wrapped a guide before to the most advanced uh, professional rod builder that's looking to add a new, you know, trick to their game. So uh, can't stress enough uh, that, you know, the other thing is I'm a huge fan of Rodmaker Magazine, which is, uh, uh, and the the Rod Builders Guild. I, I want to mention those. If you're new to the craft, you're thinking about getting into the craft, please join the Custom Rod Builders Guild. It's a great organization. Bob helped found it uh, back in the, gosh, that was the earlier mid nineties too, right, Bob? And then, um, Rodmaker Magazine, the editor is a guy named Tom Kirkman, who's a very talented rod builder in his own right uh, and, and a professional and publishes that. I think it's six issues a year. It is, again, covers everything from uh, beginner type techniques to uh, the most advanced techniques. I learned something in literally every issue and I've been at this a while and, and been trying to actively learn the whole time. Um, so just, you know, when, when I was getting started, I had to go talk to Bob and Scott. Uh, there was there were two Dale Clemens books I could read and Seaboy Pfeiffer had a little bit of information about rod building and rod repair and a, a tackle craft book he he wrote. Now you've got there's new books. Tom Kirkman wrote a book. Billy Vavona has a wonderful book on advanced decorative you know thread wraps. You've got all this online content through Mudhole and others. A bunch of builders have their own channels. There's just a it's it really is the golden age. And from anything you want to learn is out there. Uh, and all you have to do is pick up the phone or click on the Internet, order your equipment, pick some things out and go spend some time learning. Uh, it just it's amazing. And I, I, Bob, I attribute that to I agree that I some of these late female builders are because of their eye for color and their meticulous nature uh, are um, and some of these young folks, too, they get so good so fast now because it, they can learn in months what it used, took me 10 years to learn back in the day. Right. So it really is just a, a great time to, to get into the craft. And it's very rewarding. Uh, and hopefully this podcast has has convinced you to take a closer look and uh, investigate, uh, you know, the process a little bit more and look at some of the resources and, uh, and hopefully we can get at least one new person building rods uh, out of this podcast. Well, kind of stressing some things again. The, the process of selecting parts is so easy nowadays. Like at Mudhole, we have a customer service staff. There's 12, 14 guys that rotate phone calls. Yep. If you've got any questions whatsoever, you can call in on a toll-free number, talk to those guys. They're all rod builders, fishermen. And they can help you with selecting parts. Right. So, yes, this this newer golden age of custom rod building has never been any better. I promise you. Yep. And we're going to post uh, in the description and as part of the uh, this podcast, we'll give you links to places. But um, the other thing I would tell you is anywhere you buy your components, they know the business. They know what they're doing. Don't be afraid to walk in. If you're if you have the luxury of having a shop that sells things near you, like you're in Houston and can go to Fishing Tackle Unlimited or you're in you know, Orange Beach and go to the rod room or you're in Orlando, go to Mudhole or get that. Like, don't uh, I would encourage you to walk in. You're going to get all the help you need. They're going to demystify the process and you can learn a lot uh, along the way. You also have the ability, you know, I'm the owner of Angler's Resource. We're the North American distributor for Fuji rod building components. But it doesn't matter whether it's Fuji, whether it's Batson, whether it's American Tackle. 
you can also reach out to the manufacturers uh, uh, and the distributors and they're happy to help either point you in the right direction or, or give you materials and, and contact information for people in your area that are builders or, or whatever you need. So really there's just no excuse not to get into it these days. If you're interested, it's never been easier. Uh, and, and it's just really fun for me. I, and I think for you too, Bob, to see how quickly some of these new builders are, are getting proficient and some of the interesting, you know, techniques that, that they're applying and, and, and beautiful rods that they're building just almost right out of the gates. It's just, it's, it's jaw dropping in, in a great way. Yes, sir. I, I, I think jaw dropping may be a little light on the subject to tell you. The truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I'm normally not one to under-exaggerate, so if you say so, I'll take it. But, yeah, no, I agree. So, Well, I have to think, you know, of even our competitors, got to think, you know, competition's always good, I've always said, for business. And, Absolutely. And, and, if you, and in this business, if, if there is a component supply business and they don't offer customer service to the max, they won't survive in this business right. because yeah, right. th that backside of the customer service – I actually front side, back side, whatever it may be, uh, it, it it takes place just about at every component supply house, or they wouldn't survive. I yep. guarantee yep. you. Yep, agreed. So and, so and and then again, just about all of us that are in the business, we take we take huge pride in helping people. We really do. Absolutely. Well, listen, so grateful for you joining me this morning. Hopefully, we've done a a, a decent job of kind of walking through the process at a high level. Uh, helping you understand the things you're going to need to get into it. Uh, we're going to post a lot of links and content throughout this uh, that you can go back and get. But we'd also like to invite you to please like and subscribe. And wherever you download or listen to podcast content, please please subscribe and join the Mastering Rod Building uh, podcast. Uh, we have a lot of new content that's getting ready to come out. And uh, we look forward to having you join us for our subsequent episodes. So, uh, again... Many thanks to my sensei and esteemed guest, the legendary Bob McCamey. I love you, man. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Don't make me cry. I won't. I won't. <laughs> All right. It was a pleasure to be here and very rewarding to be a part of it. Well, we're off and running. I sure appreciate you. We'll be in touch. Thank you. That's going to wrap it up for this week. But if you'd like to be notified as soon as all new podcasts are released, just text the word FISHING to 587-317-6099. We'll add you to our email list so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening. 